2: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo.
3: Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Santa Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you on a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast, long at last. The Hornets snapped their eight-game skid, and they did it overcoming a good bit of adversity as well. Hornets were on the second night of a back-to-back, had a lot of travel involved going from Denver all the way out to Sacramento. The Kings had multiple days off. They had not played a game since Friday after they wrapped up a six-game road trip that lasted 11 days of their own, which is similar to what the Hornets are currently on, and The Hornets were without Terry Rozier, who was held out with a hip contusion after he suffered that the night before in Denver. We're going to go ahead and break this one down for you. We're going to recap it as well, since it was a little bit of a later game. A couple of people may have missed the ending of what ended up being a absolute great game. And we're going to talk about what this win means moving forward for the Hornets and for this road trip as well. And helping me out with this edition of the Hornets. Hivecast and staying up late with me here back on the East Coast is the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Parley. Sam, first off. Glad we didn't scare you away yesterday after that Denver game, which was, of course, a great performance by Nicole Jokic. Hornets, though, looking pretty good last night. Picked up the W, so when it's all said and done, thank you for joining me on today's edition of the HHC.
4: Of course. Thank you for having me. Always a little bit easier and always a lot more fun to talk after a win. So, And that's what the Hornets got last night. Much needed, so... Uh, excited to break this one down. A lot of good stuff from this Hornets team last night.
3: Yeah, so this was a good one from the get-go. The only thing that was really troublesome for the Hornets, and this has kind of been the M.O. for the majority of the season, is foul trouble. Mason Plumlee picked up two fouls not even 55 seconds into the game, so the Hornets were without their starting big man for the majority of the first half, he did stay in there afterwards, but then eventually Nick Richards came into the fold. The Hornets closed the first quarter on a 9-3 run over the final 2 minutes and 14 seconds, put up 39 points in the first quarter. That's a season high so far this season for the Hornets. Again, like I mentioned, no Terry Rozier for the game yesterday. So Kelly Oubre got the start. The Hornets led it 39-30 to after 12 minutes of play as the Hornets were shooting 55% from the field and were 3-6 from beyond the arc there in that first quarter. However, Charlotte cooled off from three point land, went over six from three in the quarter. However, as a whole in that first half, they played very, very well as Charlotte put up only 27 points in the second quarter, but they were efficient. 28 made field goals, 46 points in the paint. Those were both season highs through a half for Charlotte. The Hornets led it by three going into the locker room. Again, the only problem once again, the Hornets were in foul trouble. LaMelo Ball picked up his third foul early there in the second quarter, and that was an issue there moving forward. The third quarter was very back and forth as the Hornets had a 12-4 run midway through the third quarter, and then the Hornets had to call a timeout late in the third frame because of a 15-4 Kings run. And that run seemed to kind of sway the momentum a little bit. Sacramento led it 92-91 going into the fourth quarter. At that point, De'Aaron Fox had 20 points. De'Aaron Sabonis already had 23 points and 18 rebounds. Then we go to the fourth quarter. Hornets start off fantastically. 8-0 run, 90 seconds into the fourth quarter. Sacramento had to call a timeout. At one point there with about four minutes left to go in the game, LaMelo Ball accounted for 87% of the scoring there in the fourth quarter for the Hornets. He had 16 points in the frame. He also had two assists, which resulted in four points. The Hornets had 23 points in general for that quarter, and LaMelo was able to account for 20 of those 23. However, he did pick up his fifth foul, at the two oh one mark. Charlotte led it by six at that point. Melo fouls out at the 34 second mark of the quarter, and Teo Maladon had to come in. Went to the free throw line on two separate occasions, went three for four from the charity stripe. Hornets were able to keep that two possession lead, and Charlotte wins it one twenty-five to one nineteen. All while head coach Steve Clifford collects his three hundredth career victory. He is the seventy-fifth coach in NBA history to eclipse the three hundred win mark. Sam, a lot of stuff I know I just talked about in that recap, but what stood out to you most?
4: I think the thing that stood out to most is how the Hornets responded to when they went on runs and they kind of got punched back a little bit. They didn't waver at all. So felt like they had maybe a double-digit lead in the second quarter. I think that was probably the roughest quarter of the game. They closed it on a 12-2 run, and they kept the momentum going into the third. I think they got up 13. I think they had about a 25-6 run between the second and third quarters got up 13, Sacramento fought back, they closed the third quarter with a little bit of momentum and then opened the fourth quarter on a good run too. So, And even with Sacramento, I think they were down nine, maybe with three minutes left, four minutes left. They went on a 7-0 run to get it to two. Hayward had the jumper, uh, empty possession by the Kings, Couple Ubre free throws and it kind of you know fizzled out there for Sacramento in that that final minute. Um, little hectic there at the end, but the Hornets found a way to get it done. So I was really impressed with the runs that the Hornets were able to go on, and when kind of the momentum stopped a little bit or Sacramento punched back, that the Hornets took the punch but didn't fall. So that was really good and impressive. You know, sometimes they've had stretches earlier this season where they've got on runs and the other team takes a timeout and then they go on a run and then the run just keeps going and going and they can't really stop it and all of a sudden it kind of swings momentum completely in the other direction and the game kind of ends at that point. So uh, that's what really to I me. Mean, I was really, really pleased and, and happy to see that mindset of just you know blow for blow and, and ultimately came out with the win in the end.
3: I think the biggest thing for me, Sam, and I touched on it here a couple of times already, is just the adversity that this team faced because it seemed like the odds were kind of stacked against them to begin with. You talk about second night of a back-to-back Kings had multiple days of rest. There's always that rust versus rest argument that you can hear. And it's, you know, if the team's playing great, then the rest helps. If they're not playing so great, then maybe they're a little rusty. So all that said, and then we talk about how this team finally got fully healthy with finally seeing Gordon and Terry and LaMelo out on the floor for the first time together, and then P.J. Washington as well on Sunday in Denver finally together for the first time, and then that gets broken because Terry has that hip contusion, and again, that's something that's just day-to-day. That's what he's listed as. We don't expect him to miss a ton of time. It's just a little bit too sore to be running up and down the floor, and you know how Terry is when it comes to pain management because it has to really be hurting Terry for him to be held out of the lineup. So, with all that said, I think the biggest thing for me is that adversity, and you never know what's going to to happen after a win and what it means for the team moving forward. And after the game, head coach Steve Clifford talked about what the mood was around the team and what it means moving forward for the Hornets.
5: Yeah, no, you can tell in the locker room. I mean guys were happy and it's good to win that way, right? Uh win on the road against a team that's been playing well and uh, you know down going into the fourth quarter. Uh we had to win the fourth quarter. We made plays we had good defensive possessions. So we went for the right reasons, and that always helps too.
3: I think that's a great way to summarize it, Sam, because we talk about this team time after time about how they're a Nikola Jokic away. They're a Kawhi Leonard waning moment shot away from picking up a win. I talked about that so much on a podcast yesterday that I was starting to kind of live in my own fears a little bit, but the Hornets certainly were not. They don't listen to the podcast, and why would they? They're not going to listen to me because what do I know? So I just think that the way that this team was able to respond and how they've just been able to be consistent through all of this adversity, they have that feeling that this is going to turn. They know they're finally going to pick up that win eventually. And it all came to fruition last night in Sacramento.
4: Yeah, and that's one thing that, you know, Steve Clifford has really echoed during this, you know, it's it's been a tough opening few months and, and largely because of injuries and, and the schedule and things like that have played a major toll. And um you know, one thing that, that he's always been pretty adamant about is the effort and the intensity and they're playing hard maybe not playing the best to their abilities, but they're playing hard in effort. And that's, I guess, a great starting point. You really saw it. I think last night was a really good, much-needed kind of all-around effort. I thought they were really good in the paint. They were really good in second chance. I mean, the Kings team, I think they had won eight of nine at home. I mean, they've been playing really, really well, I think, in the past nine games or something they're top 10 across the board in offense defense and and, in net rating so this was a really good Kings team that I think is top six in the Western Conference right now and is playing really really well at home so I think you hit the nail on the head I think Steve Clifford summarizes it perfectly just the way they're able to win kind of closing out the game there at the end where Kings made a one last punch. They hit a you know three point play there. They got a couple turnovers and, and made some free throws. But the Hornets got a few key rebounds down the stretch, hit just enough free throws, and, and were able to close this one out. So great win, especially considering it had been a while since they got one. But. Uh, yeah can't complain really really pleased with the performance in, in multiple levels here
3: give credit where credit is due you had De'Aaron Fox he finishes with what ended up being a game high 37 points it was a season high for De'Aaron Fox as well Damanis Sabonis with a monster game 28 points 23 rebounds he had fourteen points, sixteen boards at the break and those 16 rebounds were a Kings franchise record for most and a half some other guys stepped up for them as well you know Malik Monk had 12 points off the bench and With the Hornets, well, Kelly Oubre, your leading scorer, 31 points. He was in that starting role once again after being relegated to the bench on Sunday in Denver because of the return of everybody else. And then Terry Rozier goes out. Kelly's able to get slotted into that two-guard and really flourished. Like I said, 31 points. That's a team high. 12-25 from the field. LaMelo Ball with an excellent game as well. 23 points Five rebounds 12 assists for his double double so again depending on what time you're listening to this half off your dominoes order today and nick richards of course with a double double coming off the bench 14 points 11 rebounds four out of the five starters were in double figures for charlotte as the hornets pick up a 125 to 119 victory we're going to talk about our top performers next that comes your way here on the Hornets sidecast brought to you by senta
1: mm
3: It's a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, I am so glad that we don't have to do silver linings today. i was starting to get sick of them, and it's always no fun to do them after a loss, so we get to go with our top performers today. There were a lot of options. As the guest of honor, I I will always defer to you. So who would you like to take for your top performer after last night's victory?
4: Yeah, mine's going to be an easy one. I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. Um, Obviously, we talked about the foul trouble in the first half, played just seven minutes or eight minutes. And then uh, starting off that fourth quarter, hit a three, found tail Maladon for a transition layup on a kick ahead, and they hit another three, and it really kind of kind of swung momentum in that first ninety seconds back to Charlotte. And I don't think they re- they relinquished the lead. I mean, he was absolutely tremendous in that fourth quarter. I think he scored or assisted on twenty of the team's first twenty two points in the frame. So uh, finished with twenty three points, twelve assists. I Think he had five rebounds, five threes. I mean, I mean, if he plays you know, normal first half minutes. I mean, this is something, you know, in sort of the 30, probably the 30-point, 15-assist kind of performance. So I thought he was really, really good when the Hornets really needed a spark and to kind of grab control of the game there at the start of that fourth quarter. And and he he delivered. He absolutely delivered.
2: 4-38 and counting left in the fourth quarter. LaMelo fires for three. Got another one! LaMelo ball! Drilling yet another Lowe's three-point shot. 20 points and a half for LaMelo.
3: He was electric. There's no way to go around it. I mean, he went from being quiet in the first half because of all that foul trouble to just dazzling there in that fourth quarter like we heard and like I talked about how he was just running up the score with those points in the fourth frame, almost unstoppable. And we usually only play one highlight here on a podcast, but I have to give a bonus one here because of this play he had back in the third quarter as well.
2: LaMelo ball dribbles left, gets blitz, throws to the right side, McDaniels for three, no rebound, tip slab by LaMelo ball! Oh my goodness, my mind is blown! LaMelo soaring through the air and firing down a right-handed finish for the ages!
3: Sam must be hanging out with Eric Collins a little bit too much on this road trip. There was some shades of EC in that call there, but LaMelo Ball just doing it all yesterday. Again, only five rebounds, but he still finished with that double-double with 12 assists and, of course, the 23 points as well. After the game, Steve Clifford was asked about LaMelo's progress and just what he sees in LaMelo, and he came up with a pretty interesting comparison.
5: I mean, I hadn't seen the tip dunk before, right? you know, if that one's something like that. Uh, no, I mean, he he's, you know, all summer, he was in Charlotte the majority of summer. He's a gym rat. So he's in there. He came in every day, almost every day, worked out, lifted, all that. He's done a lot with his body, too. And then he comes back a lot at night. So if you watch him like the first couple of times I just watched him do his routine, I was, you know, it's like the first time I watched Steve Nash do his routine. You're like, OK, this guy can really put a lot of time into this. He's a he's a shot maker uh, and he's a shot maker because, again, for every shot he's shoots in the game he's practiced it hundreds of thousands of times so that's how they get there
3: and no means of the imagination is steve clifford comparing Lamelo ball to steve nash there sam but he's comparing the work ethic and when you're comparing somebody to another and you're especially comparing their work ethic especially when it's a hall of famer like steve nash that's pretty high regard there
4: yeah for sure i mean that's you know rare company for a two-time mvp and and one of the greatest point guards of all time and i believe in the hall of fame at this point too so yeah, it's been, you know, I think I mentioned it in a podcast maybe last week or one of the first games back, the maybe the Detroit game. And you really feel how much the Hornets have missed him when he comes back you know you always kind of say we've said it you know periodically over the last several weeks where he's dealing with these ankle injuries and then to actually have him back you really feel okay this is what that spark they were missing and i think the first half of that fourth quarter the first eight minutes or so was a really good indicator of just how good and how talented he is to the point where he can just flip a game and I, i really think he flipped that game there at the start of the fourth quarter with just his energy his shot making I mean, everything the Kings were throwing at him, double teams, things like that. I mean, he got to the paint just about every possession that he wanted to, setting guys up, signing Mason for some alley oops. You know, just it's really, really good, obviously, you know, to get this win and just kind of snap the losing streak, but to kind of get that continuity and to see him in such a good rhythm after missing so much time. Uh, I don't know about you, but really, really encouraging because I did not necessarily. You know We obviously know how talented he is, but to look this good after missing that much time is, is really, really nice to see for this Hornets team.
3: And you never know what's going to happen when a player comes back from an injury as well. You heard Steve Clifford after the game yesterday he talked a little bit about how LaMelo's a little tired just trying to get that game speed back up to snuff. Again, lower body injury, ankle injury, you never know how it's going to respond just because... You have to have that slow ramp up back to full activity, to full tilt, and then you got to get back into game speed as well, and that's been something that hasn't quite been a problem for Lamelo. Maybe that would be the explanation for a little bit of the foul trouble that he's been in, but that's been something that's been an issue in Lamelo's game for a while now. But at the end of the day, too, Lamelo just a fantastic performance last night, finishing with those 23 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds. For me, there were a couple of different options. I didn't want to have a repeat of yesterday's podcast where – You picked Lamella Ball, and I picked Gordon Hayward, so I was going to pick Gordon, but at the end of the day, I have to go in a little bit of a different direction, and I'm going to go with Nick Richards.
2: 35 seconds left in the first quarter. See how the Hornets manage the clock here. Tao Maladon slides it to Nick Richards, goes up through contact, finish, yes, and the foul. Hornets are going to get a three-point play opportunity with a hoop in the harm. Nick Richards, a force here in the first quarter.
3: Nick Richards was a plus 10 coming off the bench yesterday in 23 minutes. 14 points, 11 boards, five of those coming on the offensive glass. He also had two assists in there and a steal as well. Nick Richards did a little bit of everything. He played 23 minutes. Mason Plumlee ended up playing 25, but it was early on where, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, is Mason Plumlee had two fouls within 55 seconds of the game. They kept him in there for a couple extra minutes, but they didn't want to press their luck. Nick Richards comes in there late in the first quarter on the second rotation, able to dominate. He played really good in the second quarter as well. That's what really kept the Hornets afloat, I felt like. I know Charlotte led by nine going into the second quarter, but I don't think it's a nine point advantage without Nick Richards, Sam.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I thought his performance in the first quarter was kind of an unheralded under the radar, kind of really kind of kept the Hornets, not only kept them afloat, you know, with with some starters kind of dealing with foul trouble, but really kind of pushed them to to scoring 39 points and to be plus 16 in eight minutes in the first quarter and 11.7 rebounds. I mean, he was really, really good and set the tone. Loved his physicality, his finishing at the rim. You know, Sabonis is obviously a handful. It's, you know, back-to-back nights the Hornets have faced two really, really talented centers in the Western Conference, and Sabonis obviously had a big night, but I thought the Hornets did an overall good job with him. He's going to get points. I mean, he's obviously very, very talented, but they kind of minimized some of the damage by being physical, out-rebounding him, especially in some of those possessions towards the end of the fourth quarter. But, yeah, Nick had been kind of in a little bit of, not necessarily maybe plateaued a little bit, but it, it kind of had a you know, a tough couple weeks where he wasn't really scoring a double figures, no, no double-digit rebounding games, and he seems to kind of snapped out of it lately. He's had a couple few good performances in a row. So uh, he was really, really good in that first quarter and really instrumental to the Hornets, kind of setting the tone and getting that nine-point lead heading into the second quarter.
3: A couple of other nominees for top performers, and like I said, Gordon Hayward was the one that stood out to me the most. He finishes with 19 points, maybe a little bit of a quiet 19, but he was a plus 18 in the plus minus while he was out there. Highest plus minus of anybody that took the floor there last night, regardless of what uniform they were wearing. Another guy, of course, Kelly Oubre, who finishes with a team-high 31 points. Also, had those nine rebounds as well, just a rebound shy of a double-double. Anyway, you slice it, it ends up being a 125-119 to 119 win for the Hornets. They snap an eight-game losing streak and are now 8-23 and on a regular season. So where does this win take the Hornets? What does this mean for the team? We're going to talk about all that next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta.
2: They set up Kevin Herter for three. He misses the shot, rebound Teo Maladon, and that is it. The Queen City will wear the crown tonight. A road win on night two of a back-to-back. They take it 125 to 119 over the Sacramento Kings. And in the process, give head coach Steve Clifford career win number 300. In the National Basketball Association. This one is
3: massive. So massive that we're going to continue to talk about it for the entire edition of this Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo and Sam Proley the lead writer of Hornets.com, with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Sam, this is a fun one to talk about. I know it's easy to get excited about one win when you haven't won one in what was eight tries, but at the end of the day, This is a pretty significant win for the Hornets for a multitude of reasons, or at least I think it is. You talk about that eight-game losing streak where it just seemed like nothing was going correctly, in sight. There was no light at the end of the tunnel, it felt like, especially after that Denver game where Nikola Jokic took over. The Hornets still played really good. They had that full effort, and now they got to get on a plane and they got to fly out to Sacramento on a second night of a back-to-back and take on a Kings team that was off for multiple days. However, that was simply not the case. Oh, and by the way, you don't have your starting shooting guard in Terry Rozier, who tried to warm up before the game last night and just was simply a no-go. So hopefully he's back in the lineup tomorrow against the LA Clippers in Los Angeles. But at the end of the day, Sam... I think this win, I would not quite say that it's maybe the most impressive one for the Hornets so far this season. I know there's only eight of them, but at the same time, it's pretty close to being one of the more remarkable ones that they've had so far this season.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned the last point, I mean, Sacramento has been playing really well this season. They've been a top 10 net rating team the past. Nine games or so, really good offense or defense is really kind of cobbling around. And I think the Hornets did a good job of kind of exploiting that. You know, 74 points in the paint. They had 24 second chance points and only gave up, I think, six net ends. So uh, a lot of the key areas that Steve Clifford has really been emphasizing defensive rebounding, pace, you know, getting to the basket. The, other, the pace is really good you know, making shots obviously was great, had pretty low turnovers and and, you know, things like that. A lot of the key areas he's really been emphasizing they excelled in. And like you said, it's you know, it's only one win, but when you've got a six game road trip and you're on a seven game losing streak going into it and you had another tough loss on the first half of a back to back, I mean, knowing that you have six games to kind of get that first one out of the way on the road trip and not have to think about it so much and not have to have this sort of like dark cloud of losing streak and not winning out on the road kinda hanging over for you. Uh, It gives you a nice kind of sigh of relief and and to have, you know, two of the guys that you'd been missing really badly the last several weeks and LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward play the way they played last night and really kind of ignite this, you know, Hornets offense. And, you know, the more they're going to make shots, it's going to only help the defense because, you know, the team's going to be not taking the ball off of live ball rebounds anymore, or takeaways, or things like that. So I think it's it's really kind of given the the defense a little bit of a lift too. So and just gives everybody, you know, you're not stretching nearly as thin rotationally. You've got more bodies out there. You don't have to ask guys to do as much as they were doing when everyone was hurt. So I think it's a good win just for a number of different factors. The way they won, like Steve Clifford said, who they beat, the manner in which they beat on the second half of a back-to-back, which is obviously a really tough situation for them last year. I think they only won two games, and I want to say they have at least two already this year. So hopefully it's one to build on, and you got a couple days off, and you got a long stay in Los Angeles, and hope to pick up a, a few more wins on this road trip before heading home next week.
3: I think my biggest observation, and I don't want this to be misconstrued by any sense of the imagination is I think I made it felt like in yesterday's podcast that I felt a little bad for Kelly Oubre getting pushed back to the bench I understand there's not really anywhere else he can go especially with Gordon Hayward coming back it's just the way that it works I mean you know Kelly is one of those guys that's going to do whatever it takes to have the team pull out a W and if it's him coming off the bench and being that six man He's more than happy to do so. So with the absence of Terry Rozier yesterday, Kelly gets slotted back into that two guard, and it didn't take long for him to get going. He ends up with those 31 points. Before he got pushed back to the bench on Sunday, he had that long streak of being north of 20 for what was nine games, and it got snapped because he, more or less because he came off the bench. Shot volume was similar. The minutes were a little bit down, but at the end of the day, it still kills the streak. Not that that matters. It does not matter. But what I think I'm trying to say here, Sam, is – With Gordon Hayward coming back, and I'm not saying that Gordon or Terry are more valuable than one or the other. They are both very, very valuable players. But when you have Gordon Hayward back in the lineup, and if one of your other players is out, it gives the roster a little bit more flexibility because Kelly Oubre can go into that two spot. He can go into that three spot. He can even ball handle if he has to, but at the end of the day, Gordon Hayward because of the way that this roster is constructed, is very, very more impactful just because of what it does for the rest of the roster and the rest of the rotations.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously just having bodies, and and the bodies they were missing are so key with who they're running the offense through. And now that you've got multiple guys out there at all times, and you've seen Kelly. I mean, Kelly wasn't really a guy that they ran offense through last year. He was sort of that off-the-bench, catch-and-shoot, spark-plug, kind of microwave score. And uh, with him and Terry for the first you know, the past six weeks or so with Gordon and LaMelo have been out kind of concurrently. And now Terry and Terry missed some time at the beginning of the year too. And you really saw Kelly take a step forward in that area, driving to the basket, being aggressive, not settling for kind of longer contested shots. And um, the opportunity was there. And I think he took advantage of it and he might not necessarily be asked to do that as much anymore with Gordon and LaMelo and and hopefully Terry back soon, but it's certainly an option. I mean, you can run more offense, I mean, the more guys you can have offense through, you can get to the basket, you can kick out, you can finish at the rim, things like that. Um, You know, he did a really good job of being asked to do something that wasn't really part of his repertoire maybe last season and and ran with it. So um, kudos to Kelly because I think, you know, of any player on the team the past year and a half, I mean, he's really been asked to do the most different things and and had such a fluctuating role with, you know, playing the two, playing the three, Coming off the bench, starting, and his adaptability and flexibility, and not only be embracing it but excelling in it as well, has been really, really big for the Hornets, and I think kind of goes undernoticed a little, a bit too. So obviously, he was great last night, 31 points. I mean, I think having those guys in the lineup, Gordon and Lamelo, has only going to help him flourish. And you know, if Terry has to miss any more time, which hopefully he doesn't. Uh, the Hornets will be in good hands with Kelly there at that starting two spots.
3: Either way, the Hornets are certainly going to savor this win. It ends up being a one twenty-five to one nineteen victory in Sacramento last night and snaps an eight game losing streak. Next up on the docket is the LA Clippers and the City of Angels coming up tomorrow. Myself and Sam Farber will have that podcast preview. For that one. In the meantime, though, it's time to bid you adieu. Sam Perley, lead writer of Hornets.com. Thank you so much for joining me on a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast today.
4: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Always a joy being on winning edition. Let's do this more often.
3: Sounds like a plan. Hopefully it starts tomorrow with at, after a win in Los Angeles against the Clippers. And then maybe it even steamrolls into a win against the Lakers on Friday. That would be three games in a row. That's a winning streak that has happened before if you like that Major League reference. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll see you tomorrow here once again on EHHC. Thank you for
2: listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit
0: hornets.com.